This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. And welcome, welcome. You're here live with Dr. Jeff Werber, your host here for the next 30 minutes on Pet Life Radio's Ask the Best with Dr. Jeff, as well as my Instagram Live. Thanks for uh, joining me here. We're here for you. We're here for your pets. So if you have any questions, anything you want to talk about, about pets, now is the time to ask. It's free advice. Nothing wrong with free. And um, it's kind of like telemedicine at its finest. So um, here on Instagram, just send me little questions, just Werbs underscore DVM, or just put in Dr. Jeff Werber, you'll find me. Here on Pet Life Radio, what you want to do is go on to PetLifeRadio.com and you can click on, if you follow down to scroll down to Ask the Best with Dr. Jeff, and you'll see a link left to you there by Mark, our producer. Click on the link and you are joining me here live on Pet Life Radio. That's the best way to do it. So um, anyway, as you know, I like to peruse the news. What's, what's going on in the industry? What might you find interesting? Even things that I still find interesting. And, and that's a good thing, I guess. When I stop finding things interesting, that might be time to hang it up. And I'm not, uh, I'm not looking forward to that. So this was very interesting, I think. You know, again, I constantly pick up stories about how amazing animals are. And this is, this is no different. And it just catches my because any of us who live around them, grow up with them, have grown up with them, share homes with them, know that this is really something that, that is unique about our, our animals. Here, dogs seem to perk up. I love this. When objects defy environmental expectations. What does that mean? Sounds good. What does it mean? So here was a study. They took computer animated balls and put them on a screen. Okay. And it seems like when the ball would move by itself, dogs would be much more interested. Their eyes would perk up. They would stare longer than they would if they watched another ball hit that ball. And then that ball would move after it was hit. So it seems like that made sense to them. That it's almost like physics. They know the laws of physics. When one object hits another object, it's going to move and the motion. And the, I don't know if they do the calculations. I don't remember the calculations, but they're there. If you just have something, it's stationary. And all of a sudden, all by itself, it starts to move. That catches their attention. And they're going to stare at it longer. And I think that's really, really cool. Isn't that pretty fascinating that they even sense the difference? Their pupils get bigger. It's almost like they're asking themselves, wait a second. How did it do that by itself? Another ball didn't hit it. It just did it by itself. It's amazing. So that's pretty cool. SARS-CoV-2. This is COVID. And this is the, with the exception of humans, most mammals susceptible to the virus have been dead ends. And, and I, we've talked about this. Cats have not known uh, who get it. They can get it. They can even get a little sick by it, but they don't transmit it. Dogs, we don't think they get sick. I don't think they get the disease. They may carry it after, if they're contacted for a day or two, but they don't get sick and they don't transmit it. However, recent research shows that the virus is transmissible. Now, we already talked about mink a while ago, that mink seems, it goes through the mink farms very rapidly. So it has to be transmitted from mink to mink because there's no way that one person who maybe gave it to that first or second mink can hit you know, hundreds and hundreds. So now deer seem to be a reservoir. Deer can actually pass it on to not only them other deer, but also to other animals. So they're looking at what we call a true animal reservoir. Where does this come from? Where is it lingering? Where is it sitting? And then it starts to go and hitting other animals. Deer might be the uh, that common denominator. So that's very interesting. So for those of you 
who have pet deer, which I don't think you do, but if you do, you live somewhere where you can have contact with deer, you might want to be careful because that deer can give you COVID. So be careful. No one else in the family gave it to you. You've been great for all this time. And all of a sudden you're going to encounter a deer and uh, that's how you're going to get it. So be careful. Speaking of ruminants, because the deer is a ruminant, and so are calves. I thought this was also a great story. One of my clients has been working in this arena for a while, and I find it fascinating, and that is 3D printing. And if you're not familiar with it, it's, it's these large printers that instead of just printing ink on a paper, they're actually creating objects that they are copying. And so they're printing in 3D, three-dimensional, and they're either in a hard plastic or it's usually a hard plastic. It's absolutely amazing that they can do this. Anyway, so a 3D printed jaw cast healed a calf's awkward break. So some calf had a very awkward break and the way they were able to, they couldn't get in to fix it. So they did was they did a hard plastic cast that they 3D printed in different sizes. So as the calf grew, they just changed it off to another one. They fit it on the jaw. And this was done at University of Florida Veterinary School. And uh, they were able to stabilize the fracture. And by changing the apparatus to larger and larger as the calf grew, they were able to keep it on long enough to heal. And that is technology at its finest. And I think that is really, really, really cool. Okay, now here's a gross one. You know, we get some good ones. Scientists identify, have identified three more parasitic worms that can affect us. They actually, they can jump from animals to people. Isn't that charming? Just to know that that, that that animal, whatever it is, depending on the worm, can now turn around and infect you as well. We already know, like, for example, roundworms can affect people. Hookworms can affect people. And now there are three new ones. I think they're like 70 or there's some ridiculous number that they've already shown can do it. And they're just adding to the list. So it's three new species of parasitic worms that not known to affect people have more than now a 70% chance of doing so because of our close relationship with pets. So the bottom line is here that when we are dealing with pets, especially kids, this happens more in kids and happens more in third world countries for good reason, is that we have to practice good hygiene. And you'd be amazed how the transmission can happen. And good hygiene means good hygiene. You know, you go into a restaurant and you go to the public restroom in the restaurant and there's a sign there that especially for employees to wash your hands well. Well, guess what? They don't always do so. How do I know? I know because actually my oldest, Rana, who's now 38, when she was eight, got a brain parasite called neurocytosis, and it comes from pork, which we don't eat. And we tested housekeepers. It's endemic in Central and South America, by the way, but it doesn't usually lodge in the brain. It usually lodges in muscle. And it's, a, it's like a Charlie horse. It lasts for a couple of weeks, and then the body kind of walls it off and takes it out of circulation. But when it hits the brain, it can cause a lot of brain problems like seizures, and which it did, by the way. Anyway, fortunately, our her neurologist was from South Africa, where this neurocystosis was, was endemic. All right. And we started treating it. And anyway, obviously, she's doing great. But my point is that we traced it probably to a Central or South American worker who works in a restaurant who did not read that sign that says, make sure to wash your hands well. And then they go ahead and they, they make your salads or they make your sandwiches, whatever it is. And guess what? 
they're giving you more than just the good food. So they're potentially giving you some parasites. So now, now that I've scared all of you from ever going to a restaurant, just know that these transmissions do happen. And with kids, because what they do is they play with the dog and the dog just took a poop. And then they, you know, they touch the back end and still a little dirty. Then they go eat their sandwich, whatever it is. And, and they can pick up these things like pinworms and kids are related they're asteroids. They're related to roundworms and dogs. And hookworms also have something called CLM, cutaneous larva migrans. They cause these cutaneous lesions. And then the roundworm larva have also um, larval, they can travel, and visceral larva migrans and ocular larva migrans, where the, the larval stage can actually get into you and migrate into your eye or into your organs. And again, I'm not trying to scare you away from getting pets, obviously, but just know when you are working with your kids and you have animals, you just want to teach them good hygiene before they eat, before they stick their hands in the mouth. It's just common sense. So anyway, let me see if I have a, a better story for you. This is good news. This is good news for those who you have animals that have cancer and are suffering from the diarrhea associated with the chemotherapy from the cancer drugs, which happens frequently. And there's a new drug and it's called Canalevia. CA1, I don't know if that's because of California or CA for cancer, Canalevia, it's prescription only. And um, it is a new medication that is extremely effective fighting the diarrhea associated with cancer drugs, cancer treatment. We're going to stop here for a break. When we come back, unless I get another question here of something that somebody is dying to have an answer for, I do want to talk about kidney disease. It is it's a pretty extensive topic. And now even more so, especially here in Southern California and in the West Los Angeles, Santa Monica, West LA, Cheviot, uh, Beverly Hills area because of something called leptospirosis. So we want to um, talk about that as well. So when we come back, don't go away. We're going to talk about kidney disease. It's a question that somebody asked last week, and I promised that we would talk about it this week. It's a great subject to talk about. You're going to learn something, so don't go away. Take a bite out of your competition. Advertise your business with an ad in Pet Life Radio podcasts and radio shows. There is no other pet-related media that is as large and reaches more pet parents and pet lovers than Pet Life Radio. With over 7 million monthly listeners, Pet Life Radio podcasts are available on all major podcast platforms. And our live radio stream goes out to over 250 million subscribers on iHeartRadio, Odyssey, TuneIn, Stitcher, and other streaming apps. For more information on how you can advertise on the number one pet podcast and radio network, visit PetLifeRadio.com slash advertise today. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. Okay, and we're back. We're back live here on Pet Life Radio's Ask the Best with Dr. Jeff and on Dr. Jeff's Worbs underscore DVM Instagram Live. Thank you all for joining me. So last week, we had a question from one of our IG listeners, viewers about kidney disease. Can we talk about kidney disease in dog? And I, you know, very, very appropriate. And the reason for that is that we are now battling here in our area in the West Los Angeles area, heading from Santa Monica, Venice, Marina, Playa Vista, Playa del Rey, a parasite that is actually a bacterial infection more than a parasite called leptospirosis. Now, leptospirosis is very common 
in wilder animals. Those are the animals that used to you know, hang around mountains and forested areas and the canyons, but they never came to us. What are they? I'm talking about wild rats, opossums, a skunk, uh, raccoons, deer, wolves, and they were never really coyote and they were never a big problem. But now, if those of you who live are near where I live, in this area, they are a problem. Why? Because the coyotes and the raccoons and the skunks are coming down to us because of our development and chasing them out of their areas and moving deeper in there. It's not just if you hike or you go on day trips or you go, your dogs go on these, on the dog walkers, the excursions, and they're mingling with other animals and these animals are there and they're drinking from the streams and the ponds where these wild animals are urinating into and spreading the bacteria. That's how we got it. When I had a case like that, that's what I would say. You know what? We should go ahead and vaccinate against leptospirosis. Now it's becoming more commonplace and we are seeing a number of, I mean, a large number of cases. It is a deadly bacterial infection. And guess what? Number one organ that's affected, the kidneys. So that's one way. Infection, other infections. You realize, and this is why your veterinarian probably has told you numerous times how important it is to maintain good dental hygiene. Why? Because we know that the bacteria in the mouth, that they often get into the bloodstream when the mouth gets really bad, and they colonize. They colonize in two key organs. They colonize in the heart, in the heart valves, creating something called endocarditis, and in the kidney filtration system called bacterial glomerulonephritis. When some of these animals get the glomerulonephritis, what organisms are identified, where they start? In the mouth. So again, the mouth bacteria can cause severe kidney disease. Let's talk toxins for a minute. You know, we talked just now, lepto is not a toxin, it's a bacterial infection. How about true toxins? How about raisins and grapes? Raisins and grapes can cause kidney failure. How about xylitol? Xylitol, the artificial sweetener, kidney failure. How about, here's one for you, okay? And that is antifreeze. Antifreeze, the active ingredient is, believe it or not, it's pretty sweet. It's uh, ethylene glycol. It is sweet. So when you fill up your radiator and then you have the little leak or whatever, it happens all the time. In the morning, you get up and there's that dripping under the car. You pull the car out of the driveway and that dog or that cat comes by and they like that stuff. They like it. And it's sweet tasting. So what do they do? They lick it. Again, kidney failure. So there are toxins that are very, very commonly used, commonly around the house that can cause kidney disease or kidney failure. And, uh, and when you think about the kidney itself, oh, well, just so one thing. Now, a lot of the companies, and this was uh, advocated by, believe it or not, a young girl, I think at the time she was eight years old, she wrote a letter because her dog died of ethylene glycol toxicity. And she created this trend now. Most of the major companies that are making antifreeze are putting bitters into the antifreeze to make it really bitter tasting instead of that sweet tasting ethylene glycol. So the dogs won't want to lick it. And uh, that's very smart. A little girl came up with this idea. Here we, for years, battling this, no one's thought, oh my God, let's not make it taste so good. And this, this little girl is the one that changed the world. It's pretty amazing. So anyway, let's talk about the kidneys. The kidneys are one of the body's filtration systems. They work along with the liver and they both remove toxins. They help with water balance, all right? And also, interestingly, just, just to just you know it out there, that the stimulus for a bone marrow to create red cells, i.e. responding to an anemia where there's a blood loss for some reason, and the bone marrow has to step it up to create blood cells, that it's a, like an enzyme coming from the kidney called erythropoietin that stimulates bone marrow to make red cells. 
And where does it come from? The kidney. So the kidney plays a major role. When we drink, this is how you start thinking about when kidney starting to fail. What, you know, one of the symptoms that we see, we call it PUPD. They're drinking a lot and they're peeing a lot. And so many conditions cause this as well. There's something called diabetes insipidus. And that's where the kidneys are not, it's not diabetes mellitus. It's not sugar diabetes. It's thirst diabetes. It's water diabetes. So when you drink, you overdrink. You're going out with the guys and you're drinking a bunch of beers, right? And all of a sudden it seems like it's going right through you and you go to urinate and it's like pure water. That's the kidneys at work, okay? Those kidneys are reading the amount of water in the body, what the water needs through a whole system, very technical, and says, okay, body, I'm going to be able to urinate out this much water because you got plenty on board and now you're overflowing it. You don't need it all. So as fast as you bring it in, we're going to pee it out. Then let's take the opposite. You just ran a marathon, all right? Or you, you fasted and now you finally urinate. And guess what? That urine is super, super concentrated. That's the kidneys again. The kidneys are saying they're reading the body's need. They're hanging on to every bit of water they can for the body's needs. And they only urinate out the very thick, concentrated part. And just basically the solute, just the bad stuff. So then your specific gravity, the concentration of the kidney will be, might be 1060, 1070. All right. Whereas we call isocenuric range. That's the range where when kidneys start to fail, they can't read that. They can't do it. So what goes out is what comes in. And what is the solute concentration of most water supplies? Somewhere between what we call 10.8 and 10.12, which is 1.008 and 1.012. So they call it 10.8 and 10.12. And that's isocenuria. So animals with renal disease are pretty much isocenuric. When you have a kidney that can bring the urine concentration even below 10.8, like to 10.3 or 4, then that's good. That means it's working. It's, I mean, it's doing the wrong thing. It's urinating out more than the body needs. So that means it's bringing the concentration lower than the solute of tap water or water supply. So, and when the kidneys start to fail, we see elevation of some kidney enzymes. And the most important enzyme that we see, if you look at a blood test, it's called creatinine. That is the most significant indicator of kidney function. Also, we see elevations of phosphorus. And BUN. BUN is blood urea nitrogen. And first of all, when BUN gets very high, it gets toxic to the body, to the brain. It causes uremic poisoning. It causes vomiting. So that's why, again, animals, people with severe kidney disease often vomit. But the one thing about BUN as a sole indicator, I see many a blood test in a relatively normal dog. Creat is normal. Phosphorus is normal. BUN is high. Am I worried? And the answer is, well, it depends if the dog is acting fine in every other regard and everything else is normal. Not necessarily. Why? Because BUN is a byproduct of the protein breakdowns. So if a dog just had a meal or is very, very, very thirsty and has not had access to water, then the BUN will be up. So if I see elevated BUN, okay, and I see that the specific gravity is very high, what tells me if the specific gravity is very high, the kidneys are working just fine but it's BUN, we call it, that's pre-renal azotemia. The azotemia is happened with that high BUN because of things, problems going on in the body before it even reached the kidneys, i.e. high protein or extreme high dehydration. 
but those don't seem to affect creatinine. Creatinine can be affected a little bit. And how do you know? Well, when you get the water, if the gravity is high, that means the dog is very thirsty or extremely dehydrated by other symptoms, signs that we look at. And then we can know whether or not we, we can replenish that hydration, either through fluids or just giving the dog something to drink. And then guess what happens? Creat and BUN go right back down to normal. So kidneys, very, very, very important organs. We need them. As you know, in humans, they do kidney transplants. It is being done only very, very limited in um, animals and cats, especially more so than in dogs right now. A dialysis, something that's very going on very much so in humans, it is, it can't also be going on in animals, but that's something very specialized, very expensive. And I leave that up to you and your veterinarian and your family to discuss if you want to go that route. You know, typically when you have these problems with some of the disease related kidney diseases, they're very tough to battle. Lepto, unless you get it very early, it can be difficult to battle. Uh, you got to get them on antibiotics. You got to give them fluids, hydrate. We've saved a couple recently. Great. We've also lost a couple. So it is, it's a very, very, very tough disease to work with. And um, the toxins, the xylitol, the raisins, the grapes, I know of, fortunately, it's never happened to any of my patients, but I know of a number of cases where literally some animals have died from raisin or grape toxicity. So be very, very careful with these things. Your dog needs those kidneys. They need to be healthy. They need to have plenty of access to, to good water. And uh, you need to watch the signs. Watch for signs of kidney disease. Have your animals check regularly, especially as they get older. You can monitor. There are also some tests. One is called an STMA. One is called a renal indicator, where some of the labs are doing that can predict other factors that seem to be prevalent in animals that ultimately get kidney disease, which only allows you to help identify the problems earlier and possibly do something about them. So this was very scientific. I hope you learned something. Now you know that the seriousness of kidney disease, stay on top of it. Prevention is key. Make sure they don't eat all those things they're not supposed to eat and get that leptospirosis vaccine if you're living in an area where it's becoming more of an endemic problem. Very, very important. All right, so thanks for joining me here. And uh, see you again next week. Same bat time, same bat channel. Again, if you have any questions on either on Instagram Live or on Pet Life Radio, please send them to me. You can get a hold of me on Instagram Live just at Werbs underscore DVM. Here is Dr. Jeff at PetLifeRadio.com. And you can get a hold of me. Also, if you need any help at any time during the week, you can always get a hold of me or another veterinarian on AirVet. If you haven't signed up yet, you might want to do so. It's a great thing to have ready on your phone in case you run into a problem and your veterinarian is not available. And I can only tell you there are more and more veterinarians nowadays and emergency facilities that are not available. It's because the pandemic, I had someone who literally could not get in to an emergency clinic at all. They said, that, I'm sorry, we're not, we can't take you, but I have an emergency. So anyway, thanks much. See you next week. Bye, everybody. Questions, Dr. Jeff at PetLifeRadio.com. Bye-bye. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.